Friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome to worship at Morrisville Presbyterian Church, whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us for the very first time. We welcome you. It is a delight to worship alongside you this day. I'm sure you're aware by now that given the surge in coronavirus cases in our area, your session has voted to suspend in-person worship here in the sanctuary until the middle of January, at which point we will reassess the situation. I can assure you that I, along with every member of our COVID task force and our session, share your disappointment and sadness. We had hoped never to reach this point again, but here we are, and we believe it is truly in the best interest of our congregation and our wider community to take this step, doing our part to ensure the safety and well-being of one another in a very frightening time. I can also appreciate that this decision brings up sadness about Christmas Eve. But I also want you to know that given the sheer volume of attendees we often see on Christmas Eve, the assumption was that even if we had continued to worship in person, Christmas Eve wasn't going to be possible in our sanctuary this year. And so for some time now, your staff has been making preparations to celebrate that very sacred night in other ways. Those services will be advertised in the coming weeks, and I can assure you that you will be kept informed. A great place to go for details as they roll out is our website, www.mpcusa.org. Friends, it is all difficult news to process. There is no doubt about that, but please know, friends, that even as the sanctuary remains closed for corporate worship, the church will remain open, as it has since the beginning of March when all of this started. Your faithfulness to our life together has been a gift from God in all of these months. And so thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your patience and your grace and your understanding. It is a gift to be joined together as the body of Christ, even in a way like this. It is a gift and one that we treasure. Friends, God is here today, as God always is. So let us worship God together. Please turn to your bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. Let us worship God. God is our refuge and our fortress our God in whom we trust. Let us confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let us call upon our true God, believing in our hearts, confessing with our mouths, and worshiping God in spirit and truth. Friends, we know what is true, that God has not destined us for wrath, but for salvation in Jesus Christ. Confident in God's mercies, let us confess our sin together. Holy and merciful God, in your presence we confess our sinfulness, our shortcomings, and our offenses against you. 
You alone know how we have wandered from your ways, how we have wasted your gifts, how we have forgotten your love. Have mercy on us, O Lord, with your compassionate grace. Forgive our sins and help us to live in your light and walk in your ways for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Beloved, we are not in darkness, but we are all children of the light and children of the day. So let us put on the breastplate of faith and love, the helmet of hope of salvation, and proclaim the good news of the gospel together. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Hello there, young friends. It is great to see you this day. I have here my handy-dandy bag, and I'm wondering if you can tell what's in it. Let's see what I have here. Can you hear it? <laughs> if you heard it, that what you heard is an alarm. I have an alarm clock on my phone. And I have to be honest with you, I really don't like alarm clocks because I like sleeping and alarm clocks make me wake up. But alarm clocks can be really helpful. They can help us pay attention. Like when we're sleeping, they can wake us up so we can pay attention. And they also can remind us of things that are really important. Like when alarm clocks remind our parents that it's snack or lunchtime. And so in our text for today, uh, our friend Paul, who's an apostle, is like an alarm clock for his friends. Because his friends are kind of concerned. They don't see God as much as they used to. And they're a little worried. And Paul is like an alarm clock. He's telling them to pay attention and see the ways that they can see God all around them. And he's reminding them that even if they can't see God, even if they can't see Jesus, that God and Jesus are there around them, loving them no matter what. So this week, I'm wondering if we can be like an alarm clock, if we can pay attention to the ways God is around us and remember that Jesus loves us no matter what. Do you think you can do that? Okay, great. Please pray with me. Repeat after me. God, we thank you, God, we thank you. For, alarm clocks and reminders for alarm clocks and reminders of your love. Of your love. 
And we pray, and we pray that, we remember and share that we remember and share your love always. Your love always. Amen. Amen. See you soon, young friends. Friends, let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Friends, our scripture this day comes from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonian church. Chapter 5, beginning with the first verse. Listen for the word of God. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness. For that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light, and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness, so then let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have often looked at that sun without being able to tell whether it was rising or setting. It is believed Benjamin Franklin spoke these words to his fellow delegates at the Constitutional Convention on a hot Philadelphia summer in 1787. On the cusp of a political moment, Franklin wondered aloud if the engraving of a sun on the back of George Washington's chair was foreshadowing the success or the failure of the infant American nation. Was the light going to shine on this new political project or recede into the shadows of darkness? 
In our text for today, we meet a small group of newly found believers thinking that they too are in a pivotal moment themselves. Instead of 1787, it is 50 or 51 AD, 20 or so years after Jesus' death. Instead of Philadelphia, it is Thessalonica, a bustling Greek port under the control of Rome with a vivacious diversity of city life. This small band of converts gather on the shores of the Mediterranean and are looking out into the horizon, wondering if they are witnessing a season of the sun setting or of the sun rising. And they are wondering when they will know for sure. And then they receive a letter from Paul. Our first two verses in our text for today tell us that we are coming in the middle of a story already started. Biblical scholar Beverly Roberts Gaventa believes that Paul may be responding to a first letter that he received from the Thessalonians who are sharing some of their concerns. As we come across certain words in our text for today, they serve as portals they take us back in time to the Thessalonians' previous letter. The first words we read in our text for today are concerning the seasons and times, which indicate Paul must have received worries about when some of his predictions would come true. Also in verse 2, we meet the phrase, Day of the Lord, which tells us that the particular prediction the Thessalonians are worried about was the timing of Jesus' second coming. When is Jesus coming back? The Thessalonians are wondering. As we look behind the words of Paul's letter in our text for today, we find a picture of who he is writing to. A picture of a nervous group of believers. People who have stuck their neck out in the name of Christianity and have been ostracized at best or persecuted at worst. And so these believers cling to the hope that Jesus will come again, just like Paul said. But they do not know when. They huddle in a room on the outskirts of town. And with anxious hands, they scribble a letter to their beloved leader. When will the Son of God come back and restore order to the world? When will we see the light rise in the darkness? Their patience is wearing thin. I believe if we went back in time, we would be able to help the Thessalonians with their anxiety regarding the time of Jesus' return. And the reason why I am so confident in our ability to help them is because we have been to the DMV. You heard me right. The Department of Motor Vehicles. Nothing in the world prepares you more for tampering expectations about the future than going to the DMV. Imagine a Thessalonian going to the DMV for the first time walking up to the drab stone structure that is the obstacle to our efficient afternoon, opening the doors and being blinded by the fluorescent overhead lighting. Once our eyes adjust, we see that we are in the back of a never-ending line, and that is just the first line to receive our number. 
Then we have to sit in an endless row of chairs, hear an endless drone of endless number calling. The whole experience at the DMV is endless. Time and expectation no longer have any relevance at the DMV because the DMV has swallowed them up into its dark abyss. There is no hope of time and expectation of future at the DMV. If we are being honest with ourselves, waiting for Jesus in his return of glory kind of feels like waiting for the DMV. We have been waiting for so long we forget to have any expectation of Jesus' final return, any hope for his immediate arrival. And with it, we can lose our ability to hope in a God who is real and does real things, like make peace in the midst of war, reconciliation in the midst of racism, equality in the midst of poverty, light in the midst of darkness. It can be easier to find ourselves sitting in the long line, biding our time, looking for distractions before our number is called and we are relieved from the waiting. So we find ourselves standing on the shoreline with the Thessalonians too, looking out into the future and wondering when will Jesus come. But Paul reminds us in our text for today that as Christians, we do not need to look into the future for our hope, but instead we look to the past. Paul understands where we are coming from. He understands where the Thessalonians are coming from, too, because he has felt it himself. He knows that time can cast a shadow over hope. The longer a shadow gets, the less likely we are to expect the light to break in. The longer we wait for Jesus to come again in glory, the more our patience wears thin and we begin to disbelieve in things like peace over war, reconciliation over racism, quality over poverty, light over darkness. But Paul, in our text for today, moves our eyes away from the future and instead to the past and the present. You, beloved, are not in darkness, Paul writes, for you are all children of light and children of the day. Paul reminds the Thessalonians that our hope is not in the darkness of failed expectations or a long shadow of time. Our hope is not dependent on future events. Instead, our greatest hope is in something that has already begun. It is in something that is happening now and something that will continue on well after we are gone. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that we may live with him. Friends, Paul reminds us that Christian hope is not dependent on an event beyond the reach of our grasp. Instead, our hope was born in the birth of a poor child nestled in a barn. Our hope lived in the teaching and healing and empowerment of an oppressed people. Our hope was willing to die 
instead of giving up on the radical love of God. And so our hope was raised. Our hope was raised from the dead to an eternal life that shines brightly from the beginning of time until now, and for many years after we are gone. Our hope is our Lord Jesus Christ. And with the birth, life, death, and resurrection of our Lord, so too has our hope been born, lives today, and has been resurrected beyond the death of failed expectations or the long shadow of time. Our hope is the light of Christ that burns now and forever. The oldest room in the world was built 5,200 years ago in Ireland. That is a description of Newgrange, an ancient tomb and temple Elizabeth and I visited in Ireland last year. This old room is an engineering marvel where prehistoric humans transported massive materials across miles and aligned them with the type of precision that leaves historians and archaeologists baffled in wonder. As you walk up to Newgrange, you see a large stone structure built on top of a hill with grass and moss covering its dome. A small doorway with an even smaller square opening above it invites you into a narrow hallway 60 feet long with a slight incline. With each step, you ascend deeper and deeper into a shadow of darkness until you enter the only chamber of the structure. You look up and see nothing but dark stone upon stone. And beside you are three cutouts with basins where these ancient architects would lay the ashes of their loved ones. And on December 21st or 22nd, at the time of the winter solstice, the darkest day of the year, when the sun rises just enough over the hill, its rays shoot out and shine perfectly in a box, in the box opening above the entrance. It fills the 60-foot hallway and illuminates the chamber from darkness to light. These ancient Irish people demonstrate the power of light in the midst of darkness. It is on the day with more than 16 hours of darkness that they find they found the light they needed to illuminate the shadows of their ancestors' tomb. Just a ray from the first rise of the sun. And with a little help, that ray fills and fills and fills until it becomes a beacon of eternal light. Paul reminds us that Christ is that light of hope for us. Friends, no matter what we are waiting for, no matter what we are anxious or concerned about in the days to come, as children of light, we know that our hope is not dependent on the future, but is based in the past and the present. The light of Christ began in the embers of birth, fills present lives, and has been raised to the eternal light of stars. 
And this light of Christ illuminates our courage to hope. It gives us reason to act. And so we step out into the light and we hope. We hope in a God that is even more powerful than Rome. We hope in a God who keeps us on our toes. We hope in a God who lived the racism and poverty we wish to rectify. A God who chooses the least of these, who raises people from the dead. A God whose love has no limits. Light and life and hope were resurrected with our Lord Jesus Christ. So let us believe in that hope, this day and for days to come. Let it be so. Amen. Please turn to your bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words of a brief statement of faith, a confession of the Presbyterian Church USA. Together, let us state what we believe. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captives, teaching by word and deed and blessing the children, healing the sick and binding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, forgiving sinners, and calling all to repent and believe the gospel. God raised this Jesus from the dead, vindicating his sinless life, breaking the power of sin and evil, delivering us from death to life eternal. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in the church and culture, to hear the voices of people long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. Beloved of God, for the next few minutes, let us sit in God's presence as we reflect on the words of the hymn printed in your bulletin as a response to the word read and proclaimed this day. This time is an opportunity for us to be connected by God's presence in all the many places where we are worshiping today. For the next few minutes, let us open our hearts and our minds to the gift of God's presence.
Friends, let us pray. Holy God, we come before you this day with a mix of emotions, with joy and thanksgiving for the gift of this glorious day, for laughter and for levity amidst all that feels chaotic. We come with anger and fear as we embark upon another chapter of life marked by this pandemic. We come with disappointment and sadness and loneliness as the pandemic affects our holiday plans or as we approach the holidays with another seat empty at our table that hasn't been empty before. We come with rage. We come with isolation. We come with hope. We come with contentedness. We come with discontent. We come with such a wide array of emotions on any given day, O oh God, that we can barely keep it all straight. And yet, you come ever closer to us now. You are as close to us as the air we breathe, and as we breathe in your spirit all around us, may we breathe out into this world glimpses of your kingdom through our words and our actions. May our words be marked by your peace and your justice and your hope. May our actions be marked by your compassion and your love and your light, O God of hope, awaken us to your new world. We pray for all leaders and people of the world that we might expose together the powers and principalities of injustice and work together to build your reign of peace. O God of hope, awaken us to your new world. We pray for the day, O oh God, when wars will cease, when all nations will be ruled with your justice, where everyone will live in safety and harmony. Until that time when swords are beaten into plowshares and the wolf and the lamb eat together, we give thanks for veterans who have served their country with honor and with courage. O oh God of hope, Awaken us to your new world. We pray for all those, O oh God, who yearn for your light to break forth in places of sickness, toil, or danger, that we may find our way to your glorious realm through our love for one another. O oh God of hope, awaken us to your new world. Your coming is the dawn of a new day that brings hope and healing to our lives. Fill your church with the light of your love, that we may be still and know that you are God and stand in wonder of your majesty. O oh God of hope, awaken us to your new world. Rouse us, O oh God, to live in this present age in light of our hope for your return. Inspire us to encourage each other to tend the earth and press harder than we think we can to work toward your new creation. O oh God of hope, 
Awaken us to your new world. Empower us to go out into the world this day. Fill us with your spirit that we might fill your world with the light of your love. And hear us as we join our voices as one, praying as your son taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, our hope is not dependent on future events, but on events past and present. The birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, the light of our lives. So let us trust in that life and light. Let us hope in the days, of, days to come. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those whom you're called to love, this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.